Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this uh, Groundhog Day, uh, February 2nd day, uh, 2023. Uh, looks like we're going to have six more weeks on winter. I uh, heard on the news this morning that that's only uh, a 40% chance. Um, I'm, I'm going to say the, the Groundhog is going to be off this year. We're going to get early spring. Just call it a gut instinct by me and uh nba trade deadline one week from today we're two weeks out from the all-star break a lot going on uh just trying to get a feel for who's going to do what national signing day we had the early signing day back in uh, december the official national signing day college football was yesterday we'll talk about that nba trade deadline who i think can win the championship from what I'm seeing now versus who was in the playoffs last year, who's back and whatnot, and more here on Sportscope. I'll be back in a minute and 19. Let's get this break out of the way, hit the ground running. Hello, Sportscope followers. After five years of doing this program, once a week, balancing a 60-hour work week job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Sportscope, spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there, for $5 a month, 17 cents a day. You can help support the program. You ask yourself, why Sportscope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and, and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than $5 a month, you can go use the cash app. The cash tag is Sports Scope, again, spelled the same way. Or you can go to the Zelle app, sportsscope at gmail.com. Uh, Sports Scope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is Sports Scope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Okay, now I am live here on all links. Like I said before the break, folks, now one week from today, today is Groundhog Day, February 2nd. Uh, the NBA trade deadline is a week from today. Uh, teams that want to... Um, Teams that want to make moves down the stretch. Now, remember, I don't know if it was last year or year before. Either way, on the trade deadline, there was a blockbuster deal with James Harden going to Philadelphia. Uh, you know, we, we had that in the Ben Simmons, James Harden thing. So big things can happen around the trade deadline. Uh, it, it's, it's a big deal still. There, there, there's, a, there's quite a few teams in here. Now the national media, if if you didn't really, if you just watch, say for example, uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, uh, if you watch uh, Fox people, okay, Shannon Sharp and Skip, but you would think that the the Lakers are like a one or two seed, and you know, I, I wrote down. I took some screenshots here of uh, of the standings, you know, 
you guys wouldn't believe the standings here. You, you would think, well, the Lakers, the Lakers, they, they, you know, from what these guys are saying, they have to be a one or two. Well, okay, let, let's take a look here. Okay. Uh, the Lakers are, are 24 and 28 as of today, four games below 500. And you expect a team of this age, genuine passion for love of the game, uh, worth 50. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Stephen Willis. Okay. Uh, hashtag Sportscope. Appreciate it. Pickles. Now, you know, you, you look at a team like the Lakers, their age, yeah, yeah, you, you, uh, the schedule remaining. I know they're being rumored. Uh, I, I do, I do want to say this, that there is one team here, uh, one site here saying that they're going to be big players in the trade. I do expect them to move off of Westbrook, okay? Uh, not, not saying that that's not going to happen. I expect them to move off Westbrook, but is that is that really going to put them in contention? To um, this is Hoop Central report. Teams expect to be most active during the trade deadline. The Lakers, okay, with the Westbrook thing potential. The Clippers, I'm going to talk about the Bucks. The Suns got a boatload of injuries. Uh, you look at Chris Paul's age. The Suns are sitting there at that eight seed. Are they going to be buyers or sellers? I don't know. I don't know, but but they are an eight seed. I don't see the Suns being a legit contender for the uh, for, for the NBA championship this year. I mean, I, I think that ship is sailed. Could be wrong. Doubt it. Doubt it. But uh, – and another team. Okay, the, the Golden State Warriors. They're sitting there at, at the seventh seed, and these guys can't win a road game practically, Okay. They would have to make a blockbuster trade to uh, become a real threat to win the championship again. Now, if you look at these odds, according to FanDuel, uh, I just don't agree with them, but I'm going to give them to you anyways just to give you a heads up of where we're at here, okay? Odds on favorite is Boston. Definitely going to talk about Boston, what they probably should do, what I'm reading about the Celtics. No Corey and Andre. No, you guys are big Boston fans. Milwaukee. Uh, but well, Boston's plus 380. Milwaukee plus 600. Uh, Denver plus 700. Real players in the NBA championship hunt. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets supposed to get Durant back. Plus 750. Golden State Warriors are just behind them at plus 850. They're a seventh seed, and their road record is terrible. Uh, then you got Memphis at plus 1,000. Now, the 76ers, 21-7 and seven since December, uh, early December. They beat Denver. They're a little bit on a, uh, on a tear here. There's potential blockbuster trades that would uh, happen for them. They're definitely in it, okay? And then that's followed by the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard been back, definitely in it. That's a team that's played better the last few years in the playoffs without Kawhi. I think that they're going to be players in this. Uh, like that report said, I think they're going to be real players in the uh, trade deadline one week from today. Uh, then you got other teams like the Cavaliers, too young, the Pelicans, too young and injury. Then you've got teams like Dallas. They're not there yet. They just do not have um, just don't have enough help for Luca right now. It's, I don't think that that's going to change. And you got teams like Miami plus 4,000. 
Miami, they don't have enough firepower around uh, uh, Butler there to really make anything happen. They're they're just going to be a day late and a dollar short, in my opinion. Okay, so let's start off with Boston. Now, Boston, that's no news to anybody, your cores of the world. You guys know this team. Red hot blew out, blew out the Nets last night. But the, the truth of the matter is, they are simply not the same team with uh, without Robert Williams. Uh, their their center move around all over the place, guard anybody on the perimeter. Uh, I understand uh, I, they've got the best record. I know they got the best record in the East. I want to say they got the best record in the league. They are a team that um, Jason Tatum playing at an MVP level. You know, you got that plus minus best in the league. Corey, thank you for pointing that stat out. Notice a lot of the national people use those stats. Still learning some of this stuff about the NBA. So they're, no, they're going to need some insurance here. Uh, they're going to need some insurance here uh, here uh, for, for that center position. The name that keeps coming up is... There's two names here. Number one, Pickles, you you keep up with the NBA. I'm sure you're still wagering to watch a lot of the NBA games. There's a guy named Nas, N-A-Z, Reed from the Timberwolves. Uh, Ten points, 4.7 boards. Got one assist a game. Uh, he's been coming up a lot. Uh, that They have some draft. Uh, they got some capital there. May demand a first-round pick. I can see a guy like him potentially being traded to the Celtics. This is according to the articles I've read and looked up. Then you have a guy like a, um, oh, God, what is his name? His last name is uh, Politi from, um, he he is from, I thought I had his name wrote down here. Oh, here we go. Jacob Politi and Nas Reed are two uh, intriguing options here. This is according to Boston.com. Now, this guy, Jacob uh I'm sure I'm jacking his name up here. Now, he's he's with the Spurs. The Spurs are obviously tanking. The Spurs really want to get that, uh, like, like Houston, like perhaps maybe Utah. Uh, uh, let me look else and see who will. They, they really want to get that Victor uh, when uh, Yuma, uh, this 7-4 whatever Frenchman phenom that everybody's been talking about. For a little over a year now, so they they're they're going to be sellers big time in the um, in, in the trade market. But anyways, so a lot of teams now the asking price may be too high for this center Jacob Politi and uh, uh, center out of San Antonio. He'll be a good fill in though for Robert Williams and Al Horford. Horford's like thirty six years old. You're not sure how healthy he can be during the playoffs. And you're really not, even though he's young, often injury-prone Robert Williams. But they are a really good team. They are championship prime, ready, still odds on favorite to win the championship. Said that coming into the season. Thought that they had a really good chance to win it last year. Once I saw them against against Golden State, uh, ran out of gas, had too many tough games leading up to that series. 
and and just kind of ran out and that was a perfectly pick them there i said probably golden state and six and of course that that's what ended up happening but boston should be uh playing really well but these two guys uh, let me say that again Nas reed from from minnesota and 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 uh, this jacob politi uh out, out of uh out of san antonio so those are two guys that they really need to zoom in on that's what i'm reading and that, and before I even started doing the research for the NBA trade deadline, that's what I was thinking. They need to have some insurance there for Robert Williams. You just don't want to put this much emphasis. I mean, uh, man, they should be, well, you know, this should be their year. You don't want to pull back. This team is long time coming uh, to make this kind of run, this Boston team. They had some issues with their head coach. They moved on, suspended him, and now they've got, uh, the interim there is doing really well. It's not out of the question for an interim coach to take a team and win an NBA championship. We know what happened in 1980 with the Lakers uh, when uh, with Westhead taking over their head coach. Then I can't remember his name had that bike wreck. If you guys remember, so it it, it it's really possible. Uh, I think Boston keep everybody upright. Get that insurance for Robert Williams. You got another week to do so. Go in and get one of these centers here. Uh, this guy, Nas Reed, be a little bit cheaper. Apparently, uh, this guy, Jacob Politi, a little bit more talented here out of San Antonio. Okay. Let's see who else did I have on here. All right. Now. Uh, Milwaukee. Now, Milwaukee, as I said before, could they win it? Yeah, but they're pro they really need to make a move. You know, the, the the Milwaukee Bucks are a team that uh, I read quite a few articles on him while preparing for today's program. This uh, dairy daily. Uh, Dairy Land Express, the Milwaukee Bucks are in market to upgrade, so let's rank the top targets rumored to be available ahead of them. Kelly Oubre from Charlotte, uh, we know about that. They really need another shooter there that you just don't know. Like you said, Pickles, the other day, Chris Middleton, you, you just can't – you don't know when he's going to show up and, and when he's not going to show up. He's just not consistent enough. They definitely need another shooter here. Uh, Bogdan Badanovich. There's two guys with a similar name. This is the one out of Atlanta. Uh, Milwaukee's love affair continues in these rankings. He's missed the first 22 games of the season. He has returned with the vengeance. His shot making and creativity would immediately help on offense. Uh, but the article says, not the best defender in the world, but they should and possibly Middleton could be moved there. You know, uh, they, they also bring up guys like Emmanuel Quickly, young player out of the New York Knicks, kind of fell out of favor there, isn't as talented as the guys around him on this list, or is he? He stepped up big for the Knicks and showcasing his skills to further cements my beliefs that he would be a great fit in the backcourt alongside with Drew Holiday. So there's write-ups about Quickly there from the Knicks. Uh, and also the uh, this – this article here, and quite a few articles, they they mention guys like P.J. Washington from the Charlotte Hornets, another well-known player here uh, to help out with a um, 
with a uh, a Milwaukee. Milwaukee has to make a trade. Okay, they're not going to win the championship, not unless they absolutely make a trade. They're very Giannis dependent, folks. Trust me on this. If you watch the last few games, particularly that Laker game a few weeks ago, uh, Lakers went up there and beat them. They're way to it's same thing when they played uh, Boston about two weeks ago. So, uh, you know, Washington's another versatile defender who'd be a great fit in Milwaukee. Then that being said, now Charlotte's kind of hinting like they may want to keep them. I'm thinking that's to potentially get the trade offer a little bit higher for a uh, for a PJ Washington. Uh, so you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, they also mentioned Cam Reddish, another Nick player. We'll, we'll see. Uh, the write-up is I'm not sure if Reddish would see the court if he was on the Bucks, but his low price tag and second-round arms. Uh, earns him a spot on the list. He could be a bigger part of the deal. He's worth flying around uh, some youth and potential on the roster. So, yeah, P.J. Washington would be a home run for the Milwaukee Bucks. But they're probably going to have to make a big splash. When you've got a talent like Giannis in his prime, uh, do you really just want to get one championship? I know it was well-earned. Brooke Lopez, not the best defender in the world, not the most consistent guy. Drew Holiday hasn't really come along from a scoring standpoint like I thought he would be, you know. But we'll see how this plays out. I do think that they do need to make some kind of move to be a realistic player. You look at how they're matching up against Boston. They're just not going to get it done with this very Giannis uh, heavily lean team right now. But we shall see. Now, okay, now, the Nuggets. The Nuggets are finally healthy. They're also a team that I think they can win it all. Remember, just a few years ago, when they have Jamal Murray, they've also had Aaron, um, what's the guy's name, Gordon, made that trade for him last year, having a career year up in Denver. Joker, averaging a triple-double. Uh, did not like what I seen the way they finished that game against Philadelphia last Saturday, but I will say this: it's there when you got Murray back, which that's a big if. Knock on wood. Cross your fingers with some of these players up in Denver. Denver's a very good team. They're the one seed currently in the West. Okay, and you keep you keep Murray in there with the Joker. With a, um, uh, who was it, Porter? Porter, the other guy. So they are definitely a team that would potentially need a, uh, uh, I want to add some insurance here. You know, uh, th- this Malha website here, Malha Sports here, uh, they also mention the Nuggets, uh, they saw fake trade ideas. You know, that's what it's called. Uh, Denver, Denver would get Nas Reed. This guy's been coming up in a lot of uh, trade conversation, Corey. This Nas Reed, uh, he's been coming up in conversations around articles between Clutch Points, The Athletic, ESPN. Uh, This guy from uh, Minnesota has been coming up with talks of uh, Boston, but also with Denver, you know. This Mile High Sports says Denver Nuggets received Nas Reed 
Jordan, these are hypothetical trades, not trades, okay? Jordan McLaughlin and a second-round pick. Minnesota would uh, receive Bones Holland and Devon Reed. Uh, this thing says rumors involving Hovland and Reed started this whole trade saga and still makes a degree of sense. Reed would bolster Denver's front court in a big way. He's versatile as a passer, floor spacer, scorer off the dribble, will give the Nuggets a, a player that they can play through without Joker there. Joker probably needs some rest. Such a big guy. Highland would reunite with Tim Conley as a potential long-term replacement for D'Angelo Russell. Okay. Uh, here's another one. This is Zach Lowe. You all, a lot of your ba basketball NBA uh, junkies, I'm sure Corey would know who Zach Lowe is. Uh, uh, this is a potential Zach Lowe special. That's what this uh, this site saying. Denver Nuggets will receive Naja Marshall, 2024 second round pick, BIA Chicago. The New Orleans received uh, Bones Holland. So this guy's possibly been a potential uh, trade piece there. Okay, Marshall's a six seven wing who just turned 25. He has another guaranteed year on his contract after this meeting. Uh, isn't just a rental. He's a fifth the mode of Denver becoming more versatile and defensive-minded while Highland goes to New Orleans to be a higher ceiling option for a team with a young core. Yeah, uh, again, Denver's one of those teams. They're just, they got to stay healthy. I would try to get some insurance. This is probably their best chance in the wet if you really look at the West right now. Okay, if you look at the way the West is, uh, if you listen to the national media, for those of you who just came in late, they you you think that, that Lakers are first or second and Golden State's just behind them because they got star power. Well, Golden State's a seventh seed right now, and they can't hardly win a game on the road. And the Lakers are about the 13th seed at four games under 500. Uh, I'm talking about the teams that are that have won playoff games last year, even going back to a few years ago to the pandemic year and the year before that, 19 and 20, uh, a healthy Denver team, they've won series. They've won playoff series. Uh, they've had a, a, an MVP-level player uh, in, in the Joker, a guy who's averaging a triple-double this year with his stars back, with Aaron Gordon playing the basketball of his career, with, obviously, Jamal Murray, the big one, that they're a totally different team when, when Murray doesn't play there. You know, okay. Now, who, who who would be the other one? All right. Obviously, let me make sure. Uh, the Nets. The Nets uh, getting Durant back, playing a lot better. Ben Simmons. That They're also being mentioned as a possible team to get a... Um, to get this guy, this Nas Reed, he, he's really hot commodity center there because Ben Simmons has his free throw issues. And also Jay Crowder from Phoenix uh, would be a really good fit with the Nets from everything I'm reading. Now, so, so this Nets team, we've seen what they can do. Uh, I still see their ceiling getting a little bit higher. Just give them some more time. Obviously, they're in the playoff hunt right now. Uh, very competitive right now. 
not the situation of last year, uh, not the guessing of the, the last year and the year before that. Uh, they're a real contender now. So, you know, I, I do think that they're probably going to make a move here at some point and try to get some help there at that center position because we know down the stretch you don't want to keep have the ball near Ben Simmons when you have to potentially you're in a close game and get those free throws. Uh, so yeah, Jay Crowder, a lot of stuff I'm reading. Uh, they they really uh, want to try to make a move to get him, and we shall see Awuku Saki. Okay, now also also the same with with um, Crowder's also being rumored to go up and help out with the uh, the Philadelphia. Now Philadelphia's been the hottest team. Since December, uh, heard a stat, December 7th, they got the best record in the league. We saw what they did last week to this Denver team. The question is always the same with Philadelphia. Can Joel L.M.B. stay healthy in the playoffs? Can Doc Rivers get this team over the hump? I noticed that they put Maxie on the bench and coming off the bench, Tyrese Maxie, young 22-year-old player, really jumped on the scene last year. Uh, he's doing better. His averages are better. Uh, he's about two points better off the bench. Kind of reminds me of the guy they got starting there in James Harden. Remember when Harden came off the bench, guys, for Phil, uh, Philadelphia, for Oklahoma City? I mean, he was like the sixth man of the year of all time at one time. I mean, this dude, fear the beard, so you, you got Maxi there. Uh, the stuff I read about the about the Philadelphia Eagles are uh, Philadelphia Eagles. The the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, there's some crazy, I do mean crazy trade ideas from some of their websites here. Here's the wildest one. Now, if this trade is made, if this trade is made. Uh, it's it's when the suit it's when the finals or Doc Rivers is gone, perhaps blow up the team kind of deal. Okay, this is from uh, SixerSense.com. Uh, potential 76ers blockbuster. Uh, the Trailblazers uh, would get in a potential trade Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, a 2029 first round pick protected. Uh, top three and a 2026 first round uh, swap. And of course the Sixers would get Damian Lillard. Uh, if they got Lillard with Harden, with uh, Embiid. Now, I don't know if I'd give up Harris, but maybe. I don't know if I'd give up Maxie. It sounds a little wild. I know. It sounds a little wild. But the Sixers also would possibly be interested in getting uh, Jay Crowder from the Suns. They would give up John Collins, Paul Reed, and uh, Dual House Jr. from Atlanta in a three-way trade. You know, uh, and, and they talk about some players from Atlanta. I'm sure none of you have never heard of. It's not their big stars here. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's these teams, you really got to think about how close you are. A team like Philadelphia at some point, you're going to have to get past one or two playoff wins, right? I mean, you've been building this thing and trading. You've got Daryl Moore. You've got Doc Rivers. You've got Embiid. 
who's playing at an all-world level, probably want to watch his minutes once we – because, you know, the trade deadline's next week. The All-Star breaks the week after that. Uh, I know you want to make your run. Really got to watch Embiid's minutes and whatnot. But the fact that Harden's lost his weight, Embiid's uh, playing probably the best basketball of his career. It certainly looked like it last Saturday. You got this young, hungry Maxi coming off the bench, going to provide you valuable minutes. I could see them doing big things. You want to get some insurance there, though. You can never have enough insurance when it comes to something like this. But, hey, Embiid's, this is his time. This is time for them to make a run. Now, of course, they're not my favorite. Obviously, Boston is. But I'm thinking like I'm, I'm an uh, executive here for the Philadelphia 76ers, folks. Okay? All righty, then. I have not forgot about the um, Memphis. Now, Memphis, I was, I was going to rule out Memphis at first. And then I got to thinking about it. And Memphis being the two seed in the West right now, folks. With their depth, I'll say this about Memphis. You know, and there could be a, a essentially a possibility that they simply just need to move on from their coach. You know, uh, but but with the right breaks, you know, Denver, the way Murray gets hurt all the time in the playoffs. If Memphis can stay healthy and and, and keep playing high level basketball, where they're not uh, too uh, Ja Morant dependent, this guy from the from the Toronto Raptors, he's been coming up on a lot of people's uh, this small forward here. I want to call him Obi Wan Kenobi, but that's the guy from Star Wars, a character out of Star Wars. His name is. OG and you, Obi. I'm sure, Corey, you know who this guy is. Small Ford out of Toronto. Now, from what I see here, uh, the Grizzly, this is a write up I got. I want to say I got this off Clutch Points here. Rival executives from Clutch Points says think that the Dark Horse team in the Memphis Grizzlies could uh, emerge as a potential trade suitor for OG and new OB per Michael uh, uh, Scotto from Hoopsite. The Grizzlies own all their own first-round rounders in addition to Golden State's top four protected 2024-round first round that they could get a mystery team to repeat it off for three first-round picks for the small forward from the Toronto Raptors, arguably Anna Boldby, to squad already bolstered with likes of John Morant, Desmond Bain. That name's really playing really good. I read something the other day that Bain's considered the second best player on the team now. Jared Jackson Jr., I mean, that that's a lot of scoring right there. That's the scoring they need. It shouldn't always be always about John Morant down the stretch. But from what I read, this guy's a really good player. A lot of promise here for this small forward wing here out of Toronto. Again, his name is OG Anu Obi, Obi Wan Kenobi. Bill uh, Pickles talks about Dylan Brooks here, uh, and uh, Grizzlies second in the West here. Pickles says thirty-two and nineteen. Uh, 
uh, uh, Corey says he's a defensive stud in the league and steals. Yeah, this uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi guy, small forward out of Toronto. Uh, him, uh, this Nas Reed, this backup center out of uh, Minnesota, and this uh, Politi guy. I think, I think that is Italian, but I'm not sure. That center out of uh, the San Antonio Spurs. Those players are getting mentioned with Fred Van Bleet. Now, I've been following uh, Fred Van Bleet out of Toronto for probably five years now. Uh, he's coming up on the next team I want to talk about, folks. Okay, now Van Bleet here, the Clippers, the Clippers, they need help at that point guard spot here. Uh, a lot of people, uh, some of these articles are saying he would really be something here to help out with this Clipper team if they can pull this off. I want to say hoops height. This, uh, let me make sure I got this website right. This is our Twitter site here. They're saying that uh, there, there, there's only really four teams that are going to be active in the trade market. I want to make sure I get this right before I start. This sounded off. Okay, the Lakers, for whatever reason, they want to get rid of Westbrook. Uh, the, but the Clippers, the Bucks, those are two serious contenders. I don't have. They also said the Suns. Maybe the Suns are wanting to get rid of Jay Crowder. That's probably what that's all about. But anyways, okay. So now Van Bleep to the the clip. Now let's let's think about the Clippers for a second. All right, Kawhi Leonard healthy. Check Paul George. All right, this team's played well in the. They've played better in the playoffs without Kawhi the last few years. Remember they pushed pushed Dallas pretty hard, and I thought Dallas would just run through them. You could see the talent on this team. Uh, I've also read that they would possibly be interested in this Nas Reed guy from Minnesota. Also, it's like there's a bidding war for this guy. For him to, uh, what's his name, Zerbiak or Zubik, Zubik from uh, that that center there, from the Clippers. I mean, this is NBA is so international now. It's uh, it's getting pretty hard to pronounce some of these names. But anyways, yeah, Van Bleep would be perfect for the Clippers. I kind of like to see that Clippers, Denver, Memphis. Those are the three teams that Zubek, thank you, Pickles. Those are the three teams there that I really think it's going to win the West. I do not believe in Golden State. Uh, Minnesota's a little too young. Sacramento's way too young. I know they're in it. You know, uh, Phil, uh, Phoenix is uh, too banged up. And quite frankly, with uh, Chris Paul, too old. Uh, the Lakers, again, they're four games under 500. How, how how long do you think that Anthony Davis can hold up? You know, I'll say this. They play well at times. They look good Saturday night against Boston. And, you know, LeBron acting like somebody ran over uh, his foot with their car when his uh, when that foul call didn't get called against him in the Boston game last Saturday night. It's good to see Boston beat them. Uh, but anyways, I digress. So those teams in the West, those three 
Memphis is still a long shot, guys. They're still young, but I will say this. There's a gradual process. You have to start winning playoff series. It's a different season in the um, playoffs than it is the regular season. You have to get used to winning series. You have to expect uh, a grind. You know, you have to build a half-court offense. Uh, You have to uh, have your uh, uh, substitutions and everything set up right. So sometimes young teams win. But it's very rare. Win meaning winning a playoff series, okay? Let's not get crazy here, all right? Michael Jordan didn't win his first championship until he's seven years in the league. LeBron didn't win his first championship until he's nine years in the league. Now, now, if you're a super talent and you go to a Hall of Fame team like a uh, with a Hall of Fame player like a like a Magic Johnson did in 79-80, yeah, that's an outlier. That 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 is not quite the realistic – uh, he didn't go when, when Kareem first started. Kareem had been in the league quite a few years at that time. So, you know, those three teams out of the West, those are teams that I see uh, potentially making moves here. Let me make sure I'm not keeping anybody out. I had, uh, let's see, part two here. Uh, other teams that I did not mention. Okay, again, Golden State, guys. You know, your, your top players were 35 years old, all right? You can't win. You barely win a road game in this league, all right? Uh, pending a monster trade with Golden State. Uh, I just – and I would probably – me personally, I would try to deal Draymond Green if it's up to me. But don't see Golden State doing it. I haven't forgot about the Knicks, okay? I'm going to ask Carlos tomorrow, Mad New Yorker Chavez, uh, the Knicks are a seventh seed. Uh, I like the Brunson deal. Uh, the Knicks, I don't think they can make a trade even though they got draft cut. Now, they go out and get Damian Lillard or something crazy like that. We'll, we'll put them back. At, you know, some really big star goes to the Knicks. And they've, I know they've got draft capital. I know they've got first-round picks. Not quite sure. Uh, the Knicks, you know... As much as I like Tom Thibodeau, this could be like a Memphis Grizzlies situation, guys, that the Knicks simply have to uh, – may have to move off Thibodeau. Give Thibodeau like Mark Jackson. He broke this team in. They got him to play defense. He's setting a winning culture. Uh, I like some of their move bringing in Brunson, you know, but they're still hovering around that seventh seed. And I don't think they're close to a, 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 a Boston right now. You know, uh, don't think they're close in a series to a Philadelphia right now. Uh, probably not even a Milwaukee for that matter. You know, so I don't think the Knicks are really going to be uh, in it this year. And Dallas, love Dallas, love Luka. They're just not – and, of course, they, they simply need star power. Now, they've got the firepower. I don't know if they'll do something crazy at the trade deadline. Now, next summer, all bets are off. They may make a blockbuster trade. They may go after somebody big. You know, Cleveland, I know Cleveland's playing well, very young. Minnesota, uh, I'm hearing that their shooting guard there, and I can't – I think I wrote his name down here. Uh 
Oh, well, means no, never mind. Minnesota, not quite there. Their lead player is still like, what, 22 years old. Not quite there for Minnesota uh, to make a real strong run this year, okay? But uh, like I said, uh, Tom Thibodeau with the Knicks, not sure about the coaching. Probably need to add another big star there. Somebody that fits in, though, fits in the culture. I hope they be patient with Thibodeau, but probably need more of a a, a player, a coach that um, that gets the that gets the offensive going more fluid, or or bringing an assistant to do so. That seems to be lacking there in New York here. And, and, and again, I just mentioned so through some of these sites, guys like Cam Reddish, Manuel Quickly, those are players that the Knicks have been dependent on for the past few years to, to jump off and do something, you know. But it, it's just not really happening right now with the Knicks. Now, of course, they're the seven seed. Maybe they get up to the four, maybe, and make some noise that way, win some playoff series. Maybe they'll keep Thibodeau around. They'll, they'll put a big package together and go after – make a big trade in the offseason, but I don't see it happening now. We'll see. We'll see. The Knicks are in, being in a big market. Big things can happen. You know, maybe they maybe they do something. Uh, for what, what I'm reading right now, it's not going to happen. But if they do, I'll be the first to talk to you about it. And, and like I said, same thing with this guy Taylor Jenkins in Memphis. Memphis going to have to win a series, maybe maybe two series this year to see, to see if they're really the real deal. Um, Sham Sharamia from the Athletic, he had some news. He won. Uh, he he broke off earlier. Now I know that uh, Danny Green's just coming back with Memphis. He's thirty five years old. I don't know how healthy or you know how uh, how well he's going to play down the stretch. But here's Sean Sharamia on Jared Vanderbilt for uh, from Portland possibly being involved in a trade. I'm Sean Sarani, powered by AT&T 5G. The Portland Trailblazers have emerged as a strong suitor for Utah Jazz forward Jared Vanderbilt. Sources tell me Portland is among a few teams showing interest in Vanderbilt, who appears increasingly likely to be dealt ahead of the February 9th NBA trade deadline. Vanderbilt is averaging 8.5 points, 7.8 rebounds, and nearly three assists a game in 24 minutes per night for the Jazz in his fifth NBA season, and he was among the pieces that Utah acquired in the Rudy Gobert trade. Yeah, the Rudy Gobert trade. I mean, Ainge is just stacking players after stacking players. Man, I hope that that, 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 that Utah can find a way to get in that Victor Wimanyama sweepstakes, man. I know Houston's ahead of them, uh, and I know the Spurs, they're really ahead of them. And, and, and again, that – uh, this Pilate guy, the center for the Spurs, hot commodity. Uh, him and again, this this nice guy, Reed from uh, from from Minnesota. Keep an eye on those guys. They are going to make some noise in the trade deadline. And again, those teams that I mentioned, you hope they all make a move. I want it. I want it to be interesting. You know, I really do. Um, I remember a team, not not all the talent in the world, but I remember one year around the trade deadline that the Detroit Pistons made a move and got Rashid Wallace. 
And what do you know? That that put that team over the top. Billups and everybody, Chauncey Billups, uh, put that team over the top and, and help him beat that good Laker team. So I'm looking for a move like that to be made. You know, that's what I get excited about the trade deadline. That was just one that stuck out. I know there's others, but that was the one that I remember uh, – I remember Phil Jackson saying, there's nothing we can do with this guy. Uh, You can't defend that jumper he's got at at seven foot or he's right at seven foot tall. Really good series there that they played uh, against against Indiana that year. But that I'm saying that stuff like trays like that can 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 really uh, take you from being, you know, a contender, a playoff contender to a championship contender. You know, so anyways, we will stay on top of that, folks. I'll stay on top of that. I uh, think we're going to have a really good playoff season this year coming up in April. I'm just curious to see. I hope it's not too quiet come the NBA trade deadline. All right. Now, there was other news. There was National Signing Day. Last time I talked about this. Uh, in college football, uh, it, it was the early signing day. Well, there were still quite a few five-star players that had not signed yet with teams. Uh, but now, Wednesday, National Signing Day passed yesterday in the college football. Also, Alabama, remember, Alabama lost their offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, to the Patriots. Bill O'Brien went, went, to, uh, went to New England now they're looking at a guy named Tommy Reese from Notre Dame, 30-year-old offensive coordinator. Uh, I mean, what an honor if I'm 30 years old. I'm the offensive coordinator, and Nick Saban, the great Nick Saban from Alabama, is courting me to come be the offensive coordinator of the Alabama Crimson Tide. You go from being on TV, but didn't, you know, you're kind of falling behind your head coach there to being on the biggest stage in college ball uh, with Alabama, being on major TV games just about every single week when they're playing conference play. So that's what Chris Lowe of ESPN says, courting him. Now, Wake Forest had this really talented quarterback named Sam Hartman transfer to Notre Dame. I'm wondering, because I've been curious about Alabama, who, by the way, finished with the number one class again. They solidified it. They got those kids to sign the ink. You know, they got those kids uh, to sign the ink there and, and and go ahead. They got nine five-star guys, by the way. Okay? But I would like to see them get this guy, Sam Hartman, there. I'm not really in love with their other players at the quarterback. Uh, what they, what the, one of them, Jalen Moreau. That was the guy Pickles that filled in the Arkansas game. Remember when Bryce Young got hurt last year? Guy's really fast, but he's not really a a pocket guy. Uh, You need a guy that can play the quarterback position when you're playing against LSU next year. You need a really good – you need a dual-threat guy. He can't just be a running quarterback, and he can't be a guy that's going to sit back there in the pocket and potentially get, I'd much rather have a pocket guy, but really you need dual threat if you're Alabama. 
when you're playing LSU next year, when you're playing a better Auburn team who's coached by Hugh Freeze next year, uh, when you're playing, they're a serious, and I'm about to bring this team up here in a minute, a Tennessee, Tennessee next year, okay? But, uh, again, nine five-star players for Alabama. Uh, there's been talk about their um, – Yes, yes. So, Kevin, Alabama is courting their offensive coordinator. I wonder if that offensive coordinator from Notre Dame uh, recruited through channels Sam Hartman from Wake Forest. I wonder – now, that the, the new rules, I don't think he can transfer again to Alabama, but maybe Notre Dame lets him out of it. That is something that I'm thinking about. Even if they don't get Hartman, uh, Alabama's got some – they got one true freshman they they actually may bring in from what I read. Uh, they're Alabama. They have so much talent. But I just – that's my biggest knock on Saban right now. Only thing is he has not really got into the transfer quarterback thing yet. And I think he needs to go that route. That's the next big step he needs to make. Again, they got nine five-stars. According to 24-7, which balances out all these recruiting services, guys, uh, this is the third best class of any one year in the history of their ranking system, and uh, and that's Alabama's this year, okay? But uh, another team that's got a lot of talk about uh, over signing day is Tennessee. They got the ninth-ranked class. And I'll play this reporter here from um, – this is a bite I got off the internet, uh, a sound bite talking about uh, – what is his name? It's like Nico Alalema. I'll just call him Nico from California. Uh, five-star quarterback, second overall prospect now. He's the second overall pro- – behind Arch Manning. Not the second overall quarterback, the second overall prospect, uh, making a lot of you think about Josh Heupel's offense and what they did throughout the regular season, even their uh, even their other backup there, who's gonna be a senior this year at Tennessee, Joe Milton. Uh, he looked good against Clemson in that win that Tennessee got in the Orange Bowl, first Orange Bowl appearance and win since 1999. Listen to the write-ups about Tennessee here and their class. All the great recruits that are coming in here, but we... Oops. Got to start with a man at the top, and that's Nico Iamaliava. He has been committed to Rocky Top for, I mean, as long as we've known who this kid is. What is it about Nico that makes you think that he can come in and make a really quick impact there? He's got so much confidence in, in his own game. Uh, you see him there wearing pink. He, he started coming out with the pajamas that were uh, kind of his trademark early on in the recruiting cycle. Uh, but then what he does on the football field is, is, is just truly tremendous. He's got all the arm talent in the world. Uh, and I, I really, truly think when it's all said and done, we're going to look back and think of him as as the highest upside quarterback in this class. He's uh, really good at keeping his eyes downfield, but he's also able to escape the pocket when he has to, picks up those tough yards. He had about a 25-yard scramble in the Polynesian Bowl uh, facing 
some of the best competition he's ever faced as a high school quarterback. And he just looked like the alpha among the alphas. So I would have loved personally to have seen him against Arch Manning because that's the one versus two battle. Uh, but I think Nico and his upside, his potential, the way he projects, you got to be super excited. At yeah. See, the guys is gloating about him, this 24 seven report there uh, for him out of Tenna. See, uh, Notre Dame, Alabama. Uh, Kevin says, just go with Nico. He fits the glove. Uh, so, uh, looking at him, he, he he's a he's he's a cross between Marcus Mariota and Trevor Lawrence. He he's got that uh, the height of a Trevor Lawrence. The uh, he he's kind of got that release of a Lawrence. Uh, kind of got some speed like. Uh, Marcus Mariota of Oregon when he played at Oregon. So this guy's really got a big upside here, the Tennessee quarterback. Now, going to throughout the other rankings here, the usual suspects, right? Like I said, Alabama number one, Georgia number two. Now, Texas at number three. Now, Texas, two top five classes. By the way, Texas will play uh, Alabama again. That was a home and away game. So they're going to work in Texas is going to uh, play Oklahoma. Or they're going to play Alabama again. Now, here's the thing. Texas, they got Arch Manning, Steve Sarkeesian, head coach. going to be a lot of pressure there. This is going to be interesting. Can he beat out red shirt sophomore now? Basically going to be a junior. Quinn yours. Remember, that was the quarterback. Had some really big moments last year. Played really well against Alabama in week two last year. This past year, uh, after what? Well, remember, he got injured in that game. Alabama hung on, barely won in Austin, right? Uh, but, he, you know, he, he was really underwhelming against TCU. This guy's got a lot of NIL money, Quinn Ewers. I, this if this don't now I haven't read anything about Quinn Ewers re, uh, transferred uh, uh, Kevin, but because Arch Manning, I mean he's a man, he's got the big name, true freshman. Can he beat out Quinn Ewers? If he beats out Quinn Ewers, who's also got an NIL deal, also a five star guy, a junior, uh, then that would say the guy's truly special. I, I don't think it has anything to do with name recognition because technically. If you really want to look at it, the way this team played at towards the end of the year, losing like that to TCU and losing to Texas Tech, Texas Tech got a good coach this year. Uh, you could you can make the argument that Sark is on the hot seat. Uh, I think the only thing, only reason they really kept Sark around is because you've got guys like Arch Manning coming in. You got another top five class coming in. Uh, you're going to have to start seeing some results here. The fans are going to start to get antsy. In um, the fans are going to start to get antsy in Austin. You know, I mean, they open up against Rice. They play at Alabama. Uh, they got teams like Wyoming, uh, but they got to play um, obviously Oklahoma. But they got to play at TCU next year. Uh, Texas Tech at home at Iowa. They got a pretty favorable schedule other than playing at Alabama because Oklahoma, I think Brett Vettables will probably get canned next year. This guy had a top 10 class too, you know? 
But uh, going back to Tennessee real quick, they opened up against Virginia at Florida. Uh, they play at Alabama, but they also have to play Texas A&M in Knoxville. Got to play at Kentucky this year. Uh, now they got Georgia at home. So Tennessee is going to be interesting. Uh, I think Milton, remember uh, Kevin, I think Milton will probably get the start here. Again, if a guy like Nico beats out Milton and Arch Manning beats out Quinn yours, that tells me that they're really killing it. Now, just to be uh, frank here, let's take a trip down memory lane to Trevor Lawrence. I didn't think Trevor Lawrence was going to beat out the fifth-year senior uh, his true freshman year at Clemson, guys. I remember that. And he did. He was Trevor Lawrence. So, Nico and uh, Arch Manning, they have that kind of hype from Texas and Tennessee, the, the two commits, that could beat out really. But it would really be surprising if Arch Manning beats that guy out, uh, Quinn yours. Man, that is just talk about a lot of pressure, big man on campus. Uh, but we'll see. You know, they're going to have their spring game April 15th, Saturday, April. A lot of spring games going to be that day. Uh, it's going to be an interesting fall camp. And remember, not not this coming up season, I think 24, right, Kevin, that Texas will officially be in the SEC. So playing Alabama next year, that's kind of getting them warmed up to play in the SEC. Kevin says, uh, he says, I'll be honest, I believe Quinn is better now than he could have changed in, in a year or two. Quinn yours looks really talented, like Pickle says. Maybe he's just pressing too much. Got a big NIL deal. He's a guy with the mullet. Really talented. May have been pressing a little too much last year. Maybe he calms down a little bit more. He's got some big-time players around him, and you know they're going to beat the crap out of Oklahoma. Their schedule isn't really that bad. If you just lose to Alabama, I mean, let's go over that schedule again. Okay, Rice, okay, 48 to nothing. At Alabama, Wyoming, at Baylor. Baylor's good. Baylor's good. Okay. Kansas, uh, that is in, and that's in Austin. But now remember, Kansas got a really good coach also last year. Okay. And then they got Oklahoma after Kansas. They got a bye week at Houston. Houston's decent some years. They should beat Houston off at bye week. BYU at home. Kansas State. Another very good coach there. Remember, they were in the Big 12 championship game last year. They beat TCU last year. Remember that? And then they got to play at TCU after that Kansas State game. So maybe they lose one there. And then at, at Iowa State, remember Texas Tech beat them last year also. Uh, if they lose all three or four of these games, Texas be looking for a new coach. I don't think that's going to happen. Still very early. But – if you're a Texas fan, you got a lot to look forward to. You just hope that uh, this, uh, all this hype, just don't just see just what it is, uh, hype. Uh, Kevin says Nico for Tennessee will compete there with Milton. Uh, some saying I did hear one report. One analyst said sometime in midseason he sees Nico taking over, and I'm thinking, yeah, well, I, I kind of poo pooed Phil Steele. Uh, college football writer when he said that about uh, Trevor Lawrence beating out a fifth-year senior. And uh, he was right. I was wrong. Not only did he beat that guy out, 
He beat Alabama that year and won a national championship, and uh, he would have been the number one overall pick if he were eligible that year. Uh, Pickle says Arch Manning will pack the stadium he plays in. Uh, yeah, he uh, he had some issues getting registered on time. I think it's good. I wouldn't be – I wouldn't rush it if I'm uh, Steve Sarkeesian. You want this guy to be relaxed. Uh, even if he just sits the whole year, I'm okay with that because, again, I think they go into the SEC next year. Let him sit, sit in. Let everything settle in. Some guys mature faster than others. Eli didn't mature as fast as Peyton. But, look, Eli, much more cool, calmer in the big games later on his career than, than Peyton, if you ask me. Uh, well, shoot, he's got two Super Bowl wins over the great Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick, uh, big throws. But he wasn't, he wasn't that great early. But as his season went along at Ole Miss, he got some big wins. I, I remember watching him power some big comebacks here. So it, it all remains to be seen. Can't wait for college football. Can't wait for all that. Uh, I know we're seven months off. But, hey, today, uh, yesterday was National Signing Day. And I just got to talk about this stuff as the news comes in. And, again, can't wait to see what happens in the NBA and the trade deadline there. Tomorrow I'll be back here. Mad New Yorker is going to ask him about some of these huge NFL hires, Sean Payton and everybody. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's this week, Tom Brady retiring, all that good stuff. So if you guys like the show, share the show. I'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place here on Sports Scope.